so you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello, Star Wars Rebels fans, and welcome to the Rebels podcast. This is our first episode for Season 1, where we will be talking Spark of Rebellion. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, yes. the Chewbacca to my Han Solo, yes. Matt the Crankster Cranky. What's up, my friend? We're finally here! I guess I should be saying... The yes. Zeb Aurelios to my <laughs> to my Cain uh, uh, and Jerris, right? It's but, that's uh, right. That's but right. I'll stick with the I'll stick with the Chewy to my Han. But hey, uh, he's he's kind of like a Chewy, you know. He's he's off the same bit. type of mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we're finally here, Mike. After we did it years, we're finally here. Spark. <laughs> we made Ryan, it. Number yeah. one, and and we'll just jump right into what's going on with Rebels. Yeah. Not even before we get the first episode, Disney says, "Hey, you got a season two coming your way and yes. actually mike that was no big surprise to me what about not you? at all yeah they're all right you're like look this is just like clone wars you know yeah, it, it, yeah. this is this is not our first rodeo i uh, this is they're working on season two they're probably writing season three right now right right um the no, difference no. here being 16 episode seasons so the interesting part of the whole situation is like, let's take a look at this. If there's only 16 episodes, mm-hmm. uh, Spark of Rebellion, if it counts as one, I, it doesn't, does it? Spark of Rebellion is, no, is the, so. the... So technically we'll have 17, but we'll have 16 episodes in season one proper, which starts next Monday with, uh, with Droids in Distress. And then after that, think about 16 weeks from now. What's 16 weeks from now, right? That's, that's, we're talking about four months. Mm-hmm. So it's our it's October. We're talking October, November, December, January. There's probably a break somewhere in there. We'll probably be done around February. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Is that we'll be wrapping things up with season one around that time, uh, and then I will I will bet you a substantial amount that season two we won't have to wait until October for season two. Oh, okay. You think it'll be. I think season summer? two will probably be summer. I think probably around May or June hmm. we'll be getting a season two. And then uh, that'll go through uh, probably another... They haven't said how many episodes season two is, have they? No. I was assuming no. they're going to stay with the same formula. Though, so right? probably another 16, right? That would right. be my guess. And then... Uh, so that's another four to five months on. And then another two or three months off. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, three to four, maybe. Um and then, so that would probably put us 
Uh, let's see if we if we came back in May, we'd have May, June, July, August, and then three months would be September, October, November. Coming back, guess what? In December, mm-hmm. right around the same time as I, there's oh, a there's so a couple of things happening in December of 2015. <laughs> Just a couple, yeah. Um, but probably the most notable one for Star Wars fans would be Episode Seven. Right. So when you start looking at the logic of this and what Disney's going to do. Uh, how they how they want to do this stuff. I, I the other thing to think about is that uh, Star Wars Celebration is in April, right? Which means that guess what? We'll be done season one by the time we get to Star Wars Celebration. Oh yeah, I guarantee that because at season at Star Wars Celebration, what they will want to do is get us excited for season two. Yeah, give us some so, teasers. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be we'll be watching clips and all sorts of things. If not, you know, seeing a premiere episode and getting the date of season two announced mm-hmm. at Star Wars Celebration. So, uh, so a very small sort of under under the radar announcement of, oh yeah, by the way, before we even start airing this show, we're already going to do a season two. Um, and and really, what they're saying is, we have long term plans for Star Wars Rebels mm-hmm. that that Disney now that they have. They've known since Comic-Con that people love this show, right? I mean, the, the reviews, uh, all you had to do is go back and listen. Uh, I think it's Prologue 6 that we had uh, Tim come on and talk about uh, seeing the screening at, at Comic-Con, as well as one additional episode, which is not the next episode. It's, it's an episode from somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, I, think it's, I think people are saying it's around episode 7 of, of season 1. Um, and all you have to do is listen to what he had to say. He loved it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then that's kind of what everybody was saying back at, at Comic-Con uh, back in... What was that? I mean, that was that was June or July? July, yeah. That was July. So, like, Disney and Lucasfilm know that they've got, that they've got something great. But, uh, so, the, you know, the, the plan to go forward with Season 2, I'm sure, was made a lot sooner than we found out but they made their official announcement just the day before uh the day before it aired for the first time on television it had already been out for a a, a week on the the disney xd app so Mm -hmm. so pretty much everybody had seen it already right but yeah and and you talk about everybody's seen it they're talking about six over on tv by the numbers 6.5 million viewers uh worldwide so far yeah, and just in the U.S. alone, you're talking about U.S. on the Friday night premiere, got uh, 2.7 million uh, viewers. So that is pretty darn good for an animated TV show on the Disney Channel XD. So I, Disney, you, Disney Channel, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the biggest numbers that they've ever seen. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know that anything else on the Disney Channel is really drawing that kind of a crowd. No. Uh, I don't know, maybe. The only other things that I would think are 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 some of their like big TV movie events like like the Phineas and Ferb specials and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. nothing quite as big as this. You know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of back in the day when Disney afternoons were on, mm-hmm. and uh, and you'd get those that right at the beginning of the of the TV season, you'd get that Friday night preview mm-hmm. where they take over TGIF. Oh, right. And uh, and and they they do that you know like the two part uh, series premiere thing they did it with um, 
they did that I can recall. They did it with uh, Darkwing Duck, and they did it with Gargoyles, mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember those being like a huge, a huge, huge deal to me as a kid. So I'm sure that there are a lot of kids in the in the second, third, and fourth grade right now that uh, that are just going nuts for Star Wars Rebels because <laughs> it is definitely geared towards them. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, big numbers, and uh, like I said, no surprise, it's premiering in 163 countries uh, yeah. around the world, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, one more thing, though, before we hit the episode, uh, just yeah. real quick, uh, Weissman, you know, Mike, we talked about Greg Weissman back yeah. a few times, a few episodes ago about... Speaking of gargoyles, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like what, you know, they were, he was, you know, noticeably absent at comic-con the big premiere and it turns out that he is only on for this one season so his work is done it looks like unless they're finishing up some things on this first season but yeah he's doing he's one and done mike i don't know what do you think about that greg weissman is an interesting guy uh because as i just mentioned gargoyles uh is a show that he worked on and there was there was drama around that with uh with disney Mm -hmm. um uh, involving, I think the last two seasons, the the seasons that are labeled as the Goliath Chronicles, um, and and his involvement, he was kind of kicked off of that show or left it. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, much like with this situation, we don't really know. Nobody's really formally announced. You know, did Craig Weissman decide to leave or was he asked to leave? Right. Um, and uh, and and famously in recent history with Young Justice, I. Uh, that was a an interesting situation with Cartoon Network, where they decided not to continue that series for whatever reason. Now, uh, DC cartoon series have have a weird history. They'll sort of run for a season or two and then get randomly pulled off of the air, and then the the episodes will sort of get burnt off um, because something doesn't mesh with with a movie that's coming out or another tv series of some sort so um nobody's really sure what whatever went on with with young justice and and with with weissman on that one but uh it's spectacular spider-man actually had a very similar fate um when it was on uh the cw but that had to do with the wb and the cw and cbs merging and and all that sort of stuff and as well as sony having the rights and it's, it's a whole lot of complicated stuff but right, right. um i my my gut tells me that that weissman leaving rebels after this first season has a lot more to do with conflicting personalities yeah. than anything else i think i think weissman likes to be the captain of the ship yeah. uh based on on what i know from the gargoyle situation he doesn't like it when the network tells him what to do. He doesn't like it when, when other uh, creatives are are telling him what to do and which direction to take characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we know, uh, Dave is is captain of this ship. Right. And uh, and I'm sorry, but you know, like if there's a rank, it's gonna go Dave first because he is the supervising director and he's the guy with, you know, a hundred and some odd episodes of the Clone Wars under his belt. And then it's going to be Simon Kinberg because Kinberg's working on the live action stuff. Right. So that's just gonna that's just gonna outrank anybody else who's working on Rebels. So really, you're not even talking about Weissman being second banana. He's third <laughs> banana. He's down there. Yeah. Right? right. So I don't think that that worked for him. 
Uh, I don't think that 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 was a situation that he liked. So either he left because of that or was asked to leave because there there were conflicting opinions and 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 it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't meshing. I don't know. We'll have to see how the series is uh, overall. I mean, we, we can just really quickly say that we both really enjoyed Spark of Rebellion, mm-hmm. but um, you know, just because the the it's a strong start doesn't mean that it will be a strong finish. And we got to kind of see, as as we know with Clone Wars overall, you know, uh, it's an A plus. But there were a couple of failing grades that were yeah. handed in uh, right. Right. <laughs> over the course of that series you know so um so you, you never know and there could be a few stinkers within uh within rebels but we're uh we're we've yet to make it that far and see if if that's the case he's directed a couple of the episodes i think and uh, right. yeah, and written shorts, a few yeah. of them so mm-hmm. sort of keep an eye out and see you know uh, is there a point in the series where where the tone shifts or or anything like that. Um, I don't think that we'll see anything like that. I think it's mostly behind the scenes stuff that that was affecting it, this decision. But I don't know. Like I, we can talk about the negative side of it all day. But I think to look on the bright side, the silver lining is that Henry Gilroy is coming in on season two to sort of hop into that spot. And Henry Gilroy is Henry Gilroy, right? Like we. We know that name, and uh, there's some solid Clone Wars uh, pedigree that comes with that, and just just some solid Star Wars pedigree uh, yeah. with Henry Gilroy. So, you know, um, I I like Weissman a lot. I like what what he brings to uh, to the properties that that he's launched. Um, he's definitely good with the group dyna- dynamic, as we've talked about before, but. He's not that good in a group dynamic, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like again, this is all speculation, and yeah, I don't mean course, to yeah. sort of like talk bad about him, but this is just the the rumors and uh, and that sort of thing that I've heard <clears throat> in my years of of you know talking about cartoons with other like minded adults who also get up on Saturday mornings and <laughs> watch yeah. silly shows. I just think when he didn't show up to that premiere, which was a big deal. I mean, this yeah. is San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, this yeah. is the spot. And when he didn't show up there, I thought, you know, like you said, there's got to be some kind of rift or, or creative differences. And and uh, it was just, hey, one season and, and good luck. And, you know, it's like you said, there's plenty of guys in there that know what they're doing. And Kinberg and Filoni and all them. And it's, it's going to be fine. But Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't It's kind I of don't a shock. A little bit notice. of a shock, though. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, we got a whole episode to get to. You ready to get to that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Jedi Master Luminata and Julia has been in prison somewhere in the Stygian system. We can't pass this up. Use the Force. Ezra, your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Chopper, get us out of here. This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Have no fear. Help is on the way. There's a lot more at stake than you realize. Well, kid, you pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. All right, Mike, here we go. It is Spark of Rebellion. It is 14 years after the events of Order 66. 
in a dark time in the galaxy. The Empire rules with an iron fist and has brought its brand of tyranny to the outer rim of a planet called Lothal. Ezra Bridger, a young orphan living on Lothal, gazes out longingly from an abandoned communications tower he calls home, only to be interrupted by a massive Star Destroyer passing overhead. Following the Star Destroyer into Capital City, Ezra watches as Imperial Officers, com uh, Imperial Officers Commandant Cumberlane Aresco and Taskmaster Miles Grint interrogate a local vendor and demand registration with the Empire. When he dares talk back, the citizen is immediately arrested for treason. A gifted con artist, Ezra snatches a colleague from one of the Imperials. He slyly impersonates an officer and calls, it in, calls in a code red emergency, drawing the Imperials away from the merchant. For his trouble, Ezra helps himself to some of the vendor's jogan fruit, then climbs onto a rooftop out of sight. Looking down on his imperial supply on, on an imperial supply depot, Ezra is amused by the confusion his phony transmission has created. Suddenly, he senses something odd. He looks around and notices a mysterious man standing alone in the street. Ezra watches with fascination as the man, Kanan Jarrus, signals to Jeb, a large muscular Lassat hiding in the shadows, and Sabine, a young woman wearing brightly colored Mandalorian armor, standing nearby. So, we talked about this in Yo Mike. We've all seen this. We've, we talked about this in an earlier episode, this beginning uh, portion of it. And again, we just have to, I have to reiterate that I like the fact that they're showing you how much of a grip the Empire has on the galaxy now. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're running roughshod over, over everybody. They don't care yeah. what it is, and they don't care what you've done. They'll arrest you just for talking back. I mean, this is how powerful the Empire has become. And it kind of helps you understand all the way after Episode 6 why they were such celebration throughout the entire galaxy because of this. They're showing you just little things like this that are happening throughout the galaxy that just the, the tyranny and the, and the oppression that they've done. And we'll get to some of the towns they've named after moths and everything later. But uh, that was just the big thing that stood out to me in this big thing. And, of course, the mm -hmm. the... Ezra Kanan uh, force uh, sensitivity thing that was going on. That was obviously another big thing that happened that uh, the writers wanted us to, to see. So yeah. that's what hit me on the beginning. Anything that uh, jumped out at you in this first part? No, you know, I mean, we, we like you said, we talked yeah. about this a few a couple episodes ago. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, it's just such a solid start to it, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. Really. But let's continue so that yeah. we can get on to the, to the new stuff. Yeah. I will continue here. Uh, Sabine casually walks past the Imperial Post, nonchalantly tosses a thermal detonator onto one of their speeder bikes, and disappears around a corner. The speeder explodes, throwing the Imperials into chaos. An officer tells his men to get some very valuable crates to safety and protect them at all costs. The urgency of the order piques Ezra's curiosity. Three troopers race down a narrow street, towing the crates on their back on the backs of their speeder bikes. Uh, Kanan blocks the road with a large land speeder, stopping the bikes in their tracks. He kicks one pilot off his bike, shoots another square in the chest, and trades blaster fire with the third. More stormtroopers come running to join the firefight, but Zeb sneaks up behind them and beats them down with his bare hands. Before Kanan and Zeb can collect their their cargo. Ezra swoops down and rides off on one of the Imperial speeders with the crates still attached. Kanan and Zeb give chase on the two remaining bikes. 
Sabine jumps down from her rooftop and lands on the two crates on the back of Ezra's speeder. She disconnects one of them and warns Ezra that if the big guy catches you, he'll end you. So I, I as we said, we've kind of talked about this already, but um, <clears throat> great introductions to the characters, right? I mean, right. I think we uh, mm-hmm. we get a great sense of everybody right off the bat here. Um, between yeah. uh, Ezra, Kanan, Zeb, and Sabine, uh, Sabine, we've kind of already got a good sense of everyone. Yeah, and I, I remember hearing that some people were kind of wondering, you know, is this, was this going to be a little too, um, I hate to word, use the word Disney, but like, yeah. it's too soft or whatever. But hey, right from the beginning, you know, there's violence here. I mean, Kanan's shooting stormtroopers and he's not wounding yeah. them. He's, he, you know, he's shooting them. And so that tells you right there that they're not going to be afraid to to go and, and do some of this this more adult, violent, uh, adult, whatever, darker stuff. So we'll see how the, the rest of the series goes as far as that. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the the, uh, the sound effects, you get to hear the classic speeder bike uh, whine and all that. So that was that was cool to hear. Um, let's let's continue here, Mike. The speeder chase continues onto a highway heading out of the city. Two more Imperial troopers join the pursuit and often fire, uh, open fire on Ezra. Zeb extends his collapsible, collapsible electrostaff and knocks one of the troopers off his bike. Kanan surprises the second Imperial by pretending to surrender, but tosses him an unarmed thermal detonator instead. He then signals for Zeb to stay behind and guard the cargo. And Zeb begrudgingly agrees. Kanan disconnects the crates from the back of his bike and speeds ahead to catch Ezra. Kanan cuts off Ezra's escape, forcing him to come to a stop. As the two of them argue over who has the right to steal the Imperial cargo, a TIE fighter swoops down on them from the sky. Ezra sees the fighter coming and takes off on his bike. But Kanan has just enough time to dive for cover before the TIE's laser fire strafes the highway and destroys his speeder. He gets up and calls for a lift as the TIE pilot turns his attention to Ezra. Ezra speeds across the plains away from the city, dodging laser fire from the fighter on his tail and hoping that the cargo he stole is worth all the trouble. A laser blast cripples his speeder bike, throwing Ezra to the ground. He looks up uh, as the TIE fighter circles back around to finish him off, but it is suddenly blasted from the sky. Mike, you want to do this last last section here? We'll talk about this here. Sure. Uh, Okay. Uh, Ezra turns to see Kanan standing on the open ramp of a starship, the Ghost, hovering over him. With no other options and more ties approaching, Ezra grabs his crate and makes an impossible jump onto the Ghost, and they head for space. Once aboard, Ezra immediately clashes with Zeb and Sabine over the stolen cargo. Kanan orders Zeb to keep an eye on Ezra, and he moves to the cockpit where Hera Syndulla, the Ghost's Twi'lek pilot, tries to outrun the pursuing TIE fighters. Kanan tells her about the events in the city, and Hera is impressed with Ezra's actions. Ezra manages to slip away from Zeb, and he watches with amazement through a viewport as the ghost exits Lothal's atmosphere, and starry blackness of space comes into view. Kanan and Sabine take to the ship's gun ports and blast the TIE fighters on their tail, and Hera makes the jump to light speed. deal with these are worth on the black market i do actually don't get any ideas they're mine if you hadn't gotten in our way too bad i got to them first it's not who's first it's who's last keep an eye on our friend here you 
said this was a routine op. What happened down there? Oh, Chopper, please. It's been a difficult morning. He has a point, love. We've got four TIE fighters closing in. Hera, how about a little less attitude and a little more altitude? know better i think you did that on purpose you knew better we wouldn't be in this situation seriously kanan what happened he did kid sounds impressive you're not thinking what i think you're thinking he held on to a crate of blasters with a pack of troopers on his tail because i was there to save him he's a street rat wild reckless dangerous and Ezra, what's yours? My name's Zeb, you love rat. Calculations complete, but we need an opening. Found one! Entering hyperspace. And a classic scene, Mike. You hear all the classic music and the light speed. And, and we get to learn a few things. First of all, Ezra's jump onto the ghost, uh, definitely, you know, you, you see how Kanan's reaction was to that. Like, whoa, you know, he, something's, something's crazy with this kid if he can do that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then also at the very end there, you hear him, he actually, this is his first time, he's never been in space before. And this is all new to him, the whole space and the hyperspace and all that, he just it blew him away. So a uh, couple, couple of things we learned from, uh, about Ezra there. Again, his, his uh, strength of the force is just coming through right away. And then, of course, he doesn't know anything about space. So what do you think of that, Mike? Yeah, I, I mean, just great classic Star Wars action, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's what we've come to expect from something like the Clone Wars. But the, the thing that stands out the most here is just how much it's like the original trilogy. How right. much mm -hmm. of that element we get right off the bat and i uh, <clears throat> i love it i love the uh the colorless explosions of the tie fighters right right which which harkens back to that that episode seven uh style the the special effects that they had going then the um although the cuts are fast the ships move a little bit slow mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah right. so like they're not it's not quite as zippy as the prequel trilogy um it's much more like a new hope um it's it's a little step up right i'd say more like the special edition than than the original movie itself because if you if you go back and you watch the unedited uh, uh, uh version of episode four uh, which everybody clamors for right Every, that's what right. everybody wants um you know you go back and watch it it's actually those space scenes are pretty slow and pretty lifeless. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm very thankful for the special edition. Oh yeah, uh, uh, versions of those scenes. But um, that said, they found they found a really cool middle ground for for Clone Wars. They or sorry for Rebels. That that I don't know. It's just right. It, it just mm. it it makes you feel like you're watching A New Hope. But the the pace is still there. It, do, it doesn't it doesn't break the experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I don't know. The, and I think that has a lot to do with editing. I think that's a lot to do with the pace mm -hmm. of the storytelling. 
And then, you know, if the ships move a little bit slower than expected, it's not a big of a deal. Yeah, right. You know, I did, I did like the, you get this, you're getting this um, Ezra, not Ezra, but Canaan and uh, Hera, you're starting to see that there's, there's something going on here. And in a little bit, she actually um, calls him love. So uh, there's definitely some kind of a connection here. I don't know if that's just a term she uses for him and it doesn't mean nothing. I guess we'll find out. But so far, the, yeah. the chemistry between those two is is um, is working. You know, the, the voice actors, it's, it's really coming together. So Yeah, um, I like it. I like that they're playing it a little bit vague at yes, the moment. Because we've got that clip from... from uh, I, oh shoot! One of the was shorts, that? yeah, yeah, I know yeah. What you're that about. For, what, it was like the first or second short, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> the machine and the ghost. That's what it was called, right? Um, with uh, with, with the Canaan, uh, uh, Hera, and Chopper. Um, but there's a moment towards the end of that where we see them mm-hmm. just about kiss, right. and they're kind of interrupted by Chopper before that can happen. And <clears throat> for anybody who's read A New Dawn there's it's kind of it, it it doesn't give any answers to to the questions that we're asking right now mm-hmm. but it does kind of allude to the fact that there's there's something going on right you know uh that those those characters are a little bit more um connected than mm-hmm. than just just friends right. uh or at least one of them is interested in that being the case yeah so <laughs> yeah. so we'll have to see as the show progresses just how far that that extends and uh, and what yeah. that means for the group dynamic, but yeah, definitely, I like it. I, I like that it, it differentiates Kanan from the Jedi of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. because it it means he is he is into you know like the personal relationships. He's not yeah, yeah. he's not uh, quite as detached as as your your average obi-wan kenobi or qui-gon Jinn or yoda or mace windu right he's uh he's a little bit more passionate he's a little bit more in the moment yeah and uh and i think that like i said that really differentiates him it makes him him unique yeah maybe we'll find um, out why too yeah what's going on so if people haven't read a new dawn or listened to the audiobook i highly recommend it that it's uh it, it adds a whole other level to some of these characters um and and I, I I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It's got it's got a couple of issues, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's cool. great. There you go. Um, I'll continue. Back in yeah. Capital City, an exasperated Commandant Oresco briefs Agent Agent Callus of the Imperial Security Bureau on the attack. Callus recognizes that the left uh, the theft follows a pattern and could be a spark of a rebellion. The Ghost Crew heads back to Lothal, landing near a remote uh, remote slum called. Tarkin Town, named for the notorious Grand Moff Tarkin. The village is populated by farmers who are kicked off their own land by the Empire. There, Zev and Sabine distribute crates of food to the uh, impoverished refugees. Meanwhile, Kanan and Hera meet with Sicatro Vizago, a Duronian crime boss. Vizago pays him credits in exchange for the stolen crates of Imperial blasters, but he doesn't pay for the full promised amount. Instead, he offers up some intel that Hera has been after regarding Wookiee prisoners taken by the Empire. Left alone, Ezra heads back to the Ghost. He is drawn to a particular room where he finds an old Jedi holocron and a lightsaber hilt tucked away in a drawer. Ezra has no idea what these objects are, but he activates the saber and is amazed at the blue energy blade that hums to life in his hands. 
Kanan and Hera appear in the doorway, having been alerted by Chopper, the ship's astromech droid. Kanan orders Ezra to hand him the lightsaber and get out. So a lot of stuff might here. Um, starting off with, we get our introduction to Callus, and of course, love this guy, love the voice, perfect uh, David. Although I guess I can't, I always have trouble saying his name, but Oily Woyo or whatever. Excellent, yeah. excellent voice cast. I love this guy. I love this character already. I can't wait to see more of him. Even though he's kind of like going to be the, he's going to be the, uh, what, like the Grievous or something. Like always, just always short, right? He's always just this far away or getting knocked off or whatever. But still, I love the, I love the character, and that they are realizing that there is a. They're not sure exactly maybe what's going on yet, but there's a pattern that's been developing with this militia, if you will, and they're starting to realize that uh, there is some kind of rebellion forming. And then we get into Tarkin Town, Mike. They got a whole city named after Grand Moff Tarkin already, so just showing the yeah. power of Tarkin that's going on just a few years before A New Hope. And then, of course, we end up with Ezra and his discovery of the holocron and the lightsaber, and he lights it up, and, and you have the music that plays in the background. I mean, I think it was the old Force theme or whatever. And uh, as he discovers the lightsaber, he's like, oh, wow, you know, this is, this is really good stuff and just setting us up for just so much great stuff in the rest of this episode. Uh, what do you think about this particular section, Mike, all that's going on here? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you kind of said it all. Uh, <laughs> I said too much, sorry. Yeah, took no, it's okay. Took it all. That's okay. You, you, you've said everything that, that, <laughs> that I love about it. So, yeah. um, no, I like... I like what they're setting up here. I, I like that, um, as we, we sort of discover in a moment, that uh, th- this is uh, this is all kind of part of a... Uh, or I guess we don't discover it quite yet. We discover it a little bit later, but it's all mm. part of a test. Right. Right? Um, that, that although Ezra kind of hands back the lightsaber, um, he's... Uh, he, he's He's still, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, still, still gonna keep on, to, yeah. Keep, hold on to the holocron, yeah. Um, his stealing ways are, are still there. You know, he's still unsure yeah. of what he's gonna do, um, but he's definitely felt like these forced uh, feelings or whatever. But he's still, yeah, he's still in that mode where he's just trying to steal what he can and get the heck out of there. So yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't even know what it is, but. But obviously, like, because there's a moment right after, right after he walks out, that that Kanan and Ezra, or Kanan and Hera, mm-hmm. kind of give each other a look, and Hera, oh yeah, yeah, definitely is is inferring something there. So right, so you know that it's kind of part of the plan, right? That that he grabbed the holocron. So mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Cool. Uh, the ship takes off, and Kanan calls the team together for a new mission save a group of Wookiees en route to an Imperial slave labor camp. They're interrupted, however, by Ezra, who falls from a shaft where he'd been eavesdropping. Zeb wants to get rid of the kid, but cooler hands prevail. Hera takes Ezra back to the cockpit, where she contacts a nearby Imperial Gazanti-class cruiser. She claims to be in position of an additional Wookiee slave and looking to collect on a bounty. The Imperials allow her to dock with their ship, Kanan, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper board the cruiser. The stormtroopers who greet them are skeptical of Kanan's claims that Zeb is a rare, hairless Wookiee. Zeb half-heartedly tries to sell the ruse before giving up on it altogether 
and knocking the troopers out with his fists instead. Ezra and Hera remain on the ghost, but they soon realize that their communications are being jammed. Somehow, Ezra senses that something ominous is coming. Seconds later, a Star Destroyer emerges from hyperspace. Agent Callus and a squadron of stormtroopers prepare to board the cruiser, and Hera urges Ezra to go warn their friends. That thing's not a Wookiee. Haven't you ever seen a rare, hairless Wookiee before? Oh, forget it. Told you they wouldn't buy it. You didn't exactly give them a chance to buy it. It's just something about the feel of their helmets on my fist. <laughs> okay, you know the plan. Move out. No troopers. Security soft. Spectre 1, come in. Spectre 4? Spectre 5. Ah, comms down. No, not down. Jammed. Something's coming. That's an Imperial Star Destroyer. This whole thing was a setup. It's beginning to look that way. Tell you what, Mike, I, uh, I love the fact that, well, first of all, I, gotta, I had to put in the, the Zeb uh, beginning there, the, the little the comedy that they pulled out of that one scene with him trying to imitate a Wookiee and he yeah. forget it and he punches about it. I just, I was one of the favorite parts of the, the whole show for me, that, that portion right there. But then I also did uh, this, this portion where Ezra senses a Star Destroyer coming out of Lightspeed. Uh, another giant clue for us that, man, this kid... I don't know, Mike, how, how powerful is this kid already that he's sensing the Star Destroyers and he's able to jump uh, as high as he did with the crate and he's sensing uh, Kanan? I don't know, man. I, they're setting this guy up to be uh, maybe down the line something pretty powerful, so we'll see. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you, am I off on that a little bit or is it just... Yeah, it, very interesting. No, I, I, I do agree with you. I mean, he is uh, he's a talent... That I don't think we've seen for a while. It's been, yeah. it's it's been. I, I don't know. I would I would say probably about what 1999 was the last time that we saw a character like this introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that character's future was a little bit bleaker than I think Kanan or than Ezra's <laughs> seems to be. Yeah. But I don't know. I I I find it hard to believe that a character like this could exist in the star wars universe at this point in time and not end up tied into some other well-known force sensitive characters later on in the future um unless of course he meets with an untimely uh end but i don't think that that's what we're what we're likely to see with ezra i, th- I think that this is a character that's going to be around for a while right and I think that we can expect to see him maybe in some other in some other forms. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily in the movies, I don't think. I thought you, that's where you were going. But, but I think possibly tied into the movies. What you have to remember is that there's a 30-year period between episode 6 and episode 7, mm-hmm. right? So in that time, a lot can happen. Um, and uh, and I'm sure that there will be many books and many comics and maybe even a TV series or two 
uh, that covers that that period of time. So uh, who knows? Who knows what we're going to see? We might get three seasons of Rebels as it exists right now, and then we might we might see three seasons of Rebels maybe a little bit further in the future. Uh, it, we're, it, we're so close to A New Hope yeah. already, uh, five years off of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's hard to believe that that these characters aren't going to somehow intersect with the larger story mm-hmm. later on. I know, so. that's, that's what I'm thinking. What, you know, and the, the other thing is that we're also hearing at the moment that, uh, and these are this is just rumors, 100% rumor, but we're hearing that that the Obi-Wan spinoff could be a real thing and that there might not just be one Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff. Yeah, trilogy, there may, right? in fact, be three. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that, the, the, other, the other option there is that, you know, it's not a matter of there being three of these, uh, three movies, but three, three ideas that are floating around out there right now. Mm-hmm. But, right. I mean, it's, it's sounding more and more like that's a possibility. And the one thing that would make me skeptical of that is Ewan McGregor's involvement, but he's already said if they ask him to come back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again, he'll do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I things may come to light in Rebels and things may come to light in episode 7 and things may come to light in in uh, in an Obi-Wan standalone movie everybody everybody who's a who's a long time listener of of rebels podcast and Frontlines knows how i would feel about that mm-hmm. but that would be a great opportunity for ezra to show up in live action mm-hmm. i wow. think so yeah you know i just have to mention too there's a couple couple uh, scenes that uh, i just wanted to highlight that we yeah. just went over um kanan or he tells kanan actually when he's when he's in there with the lightsaber he says that it, this thing wanted me to have it, or wanted me to take yeah. it. So I thought that was interesting. And yeah. also Sabine, I think you might, you might have mentioned this on our last episode that that this family dynamic that they have going on here. And actually, Sabine tells Ezra that uh, that uh, you know we're a crew. She says we're a crew, we're a team, and we're a family. So I know you yeah. had picked up on that, and, and she's kind of showing us. Uh, telling us that they're kind of a family too. So uh, I'll continue. Yeah. Ezra reluctantly agrees, and he reaches Kanan and Zeb just in time to prevent them from walking into an ambush. Meanwhile, Sabine and Chopper shut down the cruiser's artificial gravity generator. The rebels take advantage of the distraction and make their way past the Imperials and back to the Ghost. Before every everyone can make it back safely, however, Agent Callus snatches Ezra, and Zeb is forced to leave him behind. The ghost escapes the Star Destroyer's clutches, but the triumphant crew becomes shocked and disheartened when Zeb tells them that Ezra didn't make it back. They are uncertain of what to do next. On the Star Destroyer, Callus visits Ezra in his cell and informs the boy that he is being held solely as bait for his friends. Ezra believes it's pointless as they have no reason to come back for him. Once Callus leaves, Ezra throws the holocron across the room in frustration. Once he calls himself... uh, the artifact, artifact opens, playing a recorded message from Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that was one of those standout moments in this particular episode, Mike, uh, seeing the holocron with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And James Arnold Taylor is back doing the voice. And he's going over that original message that he recorded uh, back in, what, episode three? 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool to see, Mike. I got to tell you, and, and we actually get to see the whole thing later on. We'll talk about it more uh, a little later. But um, uh, you want to continue, Mike? Uh, yeah. Uh, inspired by the message, Ezra pretends to be sick and tricks the stormtroopers guarding him to enter his cell. He emerges from hiding, slips out of the cell, and locks the guards inside. Making his way to an equipment room, Ezra nabs an Imperial cadet helmet. He picks up a comm frequency and learns that the Wookiees are really being transported to the spice mines of Kessel. And that the ghost crew has come back to save him. Ezra reunites with Kanan, Sabine, and Zeb in the Star Destroyer's hangar. And they retreat to the ghost, just as Agent Callus arrives with a squad of stormtroopers. As Callus barks orders to his troops, he notices something on the ground. A spray-painted phoenix symbol. The calling card of Sabine, an explosive expert. He yells for his men to take cover. A massive explosion tears a hole in the ship, sucking debris and stormtroopers into the vacuum of space. Callus hangs on long enough for the emergency shield to be activated, and he watches helplessly as the rebel ship escapes. So, the last episode, our, our, our last prologue episode before mm-hmm. the series started, we were talking about, uh, I don't know, is the show going to be a little bit softer than The Clone Wars? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure we're safe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a soft show. This is going to be pretty intense, because... We saw stormtroopers get sucked into vacuum, yeah. and uh, and and then we even see if you if you watch carefully, there's one exterior shot of stuff sort of being sucked out into the vacuum, and uh, and there is one stormtrooper among them that just kind of floats helplessly, clearly already kind of a goner. Mm-hmm. So yeah uh <laughs> this show's gonna be intense this show's gonna have moments oh, yeah. uh but sometimes actually they're they're pretty comical and sometimes it's a little bit more serious but i i was i was very surprised by it i i, I found that to be a little bit shocking it was a little bit darker in tone than i expected but it's not focused on right so right. that's kind of the key if you're if you're a kid watching, you're not really going to notice. But us as adults, we're like, "Whoa, those dudes just got sucked into space," <laughs> right? Yeah. I, did you have a problem with? I, I know I sort of did a little bit with the, the stormtroopers. You know, he leaves two stormtroopers with Ezra, which is fine. You know, as a kid, they don't think anything of it. But the problem is yeah. that either they're trying to show us just how dumb these stormtroopers are, or it was just convenient riding to get Ezra <clears throat> out of there. I don't know which way. I'm gonna. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to say hey, the stormtroopers are just really, really bad, I guess. For yeah. both of them to walk in there and, and be, you know, tricked into that, you know, ruse that everybody's going to try. I mean, it's just like the oldest trick in the book is to fake something so you can get them to both come in. And you, it just, yeah. I, don't know, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But whatever, you know, I guess it's dumb, dumb stormtroopers. So I guess. I think, I, I think, uh, I think what we're seeing is how spread thin the Empire is mm-hmm. and, and just how much they're trying to... It kind of alludes to a couple of things. It alludes to some of the remarks that, that Princess Leia makes in A New Hope. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole... The, the more you try and tighten your grip, the more starships, star systems will slip through your fingers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of that, like, like 
Leia's obviously been in and out of these scenarios before, and she's kind of dealt with how stupid the Empire is. Right. Um, <clears throat> and she's not afraid to say directly to Tarkin how dumb they are. And I think this is an example of it. So what we're seeing is is an empire that is so big that they just they need conscripts, right? They they abandon the cloning thing because it just it's not it doesn't work, right? right? They can't produce enough clones to to manage their empire. So they start conscripting people, and what happens when you start conscripting people? particularly when you start doing it against their will. You get a bunch of people who are not career soldiers. Mm -hmm. These guys are not the clone troopers, right? They're regular dudes. Right. You know? And I I don't know. I think think as people, we get these very uh, ideological or or sort of fantastic views uh, of people in certain positions. Uh, People like... Uh, let's say firefighters and uh, and people in law enforcement and all that sort of hey, thing that they are <laughs> that they're somehow <laughs> that they're somehow above right that they're somehow like they're they're better people than than average people but the the truth of the matter is that they're 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 normal folks right they're they yeah. you know they they have specialized training and they know how to do their jobs but at the end of the day they're just as susceptible to being tricked by a sneaky kid as anybody right <laughs> yeah. so um so i think that these stormtroopers particularly who are so used to sort of just being feared that that i it's easy for a kid like ezra to take full advantage of how gullible they are and how and how um how naive and out to lunch stormtroopers in particular i mean like you're in the detention center right right so on a star destroyer, where's this kid gonna go, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that that's sort of you have to put yourself in the mindset of those stormtroopers, and it's like they're just they're just dudes guarding a cell, and clearly the ones the the two stormtroopers who are who are left to guard some teenage kid on a detention cell on the star destroyer, they're not your elite, right? They're not, they're not the high up, no. uh, uh, clever stormtroopers. Right. So yeah. Um, I think that we'll see a lot of that. I think we'll see a, a lot of the Imperials sort of being so full of themselves, so overly confident that it's easy for characters like Ezra, Kane, and Zeb to take advantage of that yeah. and, uh, and 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 use it to their advantage. And I, I think that that's where you get this small group of rebels, right? There's there's five or six of them, and they're going to really cause trouble for the empire because the empire is big and slow moving and these 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 uh, specialists are clever and smart and able to react right and and adapt to situations so you know uh, i think ezra in particular uh space aladdin that he is mm-hmm. he's got a little bit of that disney magic on his side yeah, and how the heck? <laughs> did, he, how the heck he did kind of get away with it? Well, how did the how did the the ghost find its way onto a star destroyer without the star destroyer knowing it? That's another thing too. That ah, oh, see now you got to you got to pick up yourself a copy of the uh, of the visual guide mm-hmm. and read up on the ghost and some of its abilities. Okay, so it yeah. it has the ability to mask its signature. So it, they it, did say that they did say that in the show. 
It is. It's yeah. it's kind of a bit of a stealth ship, right? right. So that's how they got um, back into Lothal because they said yeah. something about their signature. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so I think it. that it's just a matter of like sort of being being clever enough that they could mm-hmm. uh, make it seem like they were just another one of the ships, right? Uh, that, that was flying up. That's why it's called the Ghost, right? Yeah, that's so. a good point. Excellent. See, that's why I got you here, man. Answer these questions <laughs> for me. Uh, in the cockpit of the Ghost, Ezra informs the others that the Wookiees are headed for the spice mines of Kessel. This draws worried looks from the team. Sabine and Hera explain that, slave, that it's a slave labor camp and essentially a death sentence for the Wookiees. On Kessel, captive Wookiees are being transferred by stormtroopers into camps. Kitwar, a young male, and his father, Wolf Warfaro, are among them. They seem hopeless. The ghost arrives, however, raining blaster bolts down on the Imperials. Hera lands the ship, and Kanan, Ezra, Sabine, and Zeb disembark, ready for battle. With the stormtroopers preoccupied by the skirmish, Ezra sneaks, sneaks past them and starts unshackling the prisoners. Wolf Roro and his fellow Wookiees join in the battle and overwhelm the Imperial troops. While the Wookiees are free now, more trouble has arrived. TIE fighters. They blast the ghost, forcing Hera to take off, and Kallus arrives moments later. With blaster bolts flying in every direction, Kitwar, still in binders, is cut off from his fellow Wookiees. He runs away, trailed by two stormtroopers. Wolf Roro attempts to go after his son, but he is blasted by a stormtrooper. The injury is not fatal, however, and Zeb helps the Wookiee get to safety. With the team trapped under heavy fire from Callus and his men, Kanan steps forward, effortlessly dodging blaster bolts. From his belt, he assembles his lightsaber hilt and ignites it, revealing himself to be a Jedi. Callus is shocked, and he, is order- and he orders his troops to focus all their fire on him. Kanan deflects their attacks with his blade, buying time for the rest of the crew to get to the Wookiees, or get the Wookiees safely into a cargo crate for Hera to pick up. Need the ties away and give yourself maneuvering room. I am not leaving you behind. No, you're not. We're running a 22 pickup. Seriously? You have a better option? Jump into the pit and get it over with. All right, I'll be back. Make sure you're ready. 22 pickup? Care to let me in on the secret? Kid, I'm about to let everyone in on the secret. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, this is the standout scene for me mm-hmm. uh, in this particular episode. I mean, the way they set this up, the way they they took their time with this, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They set this thing up. They wanted this to be like the big moment, and it was. I mean, it just killed it. I'll tell you what. Him coming out and, and pausing for a moment, and you hear the music swell up. And you're like, whoa, what? you know, and, and he's dodging, like, uh-oh. And he lets everybody in on the secret. I love how he says that. He's letting everybody in. So this, here's a, here's a question I have. 
and and just by letting everybody know, I mean, you should see the the looks on the faces of not only Ezra but like the Wookies have a look. Callus, yeah. of course, the stormtroopers kind of look like, what the heck is going on? Who's this? So this this begs the question for me: like, Is this the first time that that Ezra ha, or the Canaan has put himself out there? I, you've read the book, so maybe you know more than I do, but. The way they set this up and the way this was done, it makes me think this is like him revealing, like, hey, the Jedi are not all gone and we're still around. So, yeah. I don't know. What do you think about this, Mike? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give one spoiler okay. for the book. Uh, and if you haven't read the book and you intend on reading the book, close your ears for <laughs> a good 10 seconds. Okay? Are you not, you're not listening. Stop listening now. Me? Last warning. Okay, okay. go ahead. Uh, he never uses his lightsaber in the, in the book. So... Um, he gets close at one point and then doesn't do it. So this is the first time, as far as I know, that he's used it since the since the fall. So uh, since uh, the the Jedi purge, um, it is a it is a super powerful moment. Yeah, and it is, yeah. Uh, and it it it's very meaningful. Um, there's a really interesting part. I'm actually I will. This is just kind of skipping ahead a little bit. But uh, when I was looking at the, the uh, just sort of the, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff on StarWars.com, including the Trivia Gallery. Mm-hmm. Same as with the Clone Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the last piece of trivia that they had, kind of skipping ahead towards the end of the story, but in the original script, when Sabine translates for the Wookiees, Wolf Waro, uh, what, what he's it, what, here's the full translation that was in the original script. Uh, Wolf Waro expresses gratitude on behalf of his people, especially to the great Jedi Knight and his Padawan disciple. Hmm. So it it uh, the Wookies know that the like of the Jedi, they still remember, right? They still remember the Clone Wars, and obviously, um, as as we can recall from Episode Three, they're great allies to the Jedi, right? Uh, to the point where, where, uh, 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 Tarful and, and Chewbacca, uh, help Yoda escape from Kashyyyk, mm-hmm. uh, at the, uh, towards the middle of that movie. So, um, th- it's clear that, that there's sort of a reverence on, on the part of the Wookiees to the Jedi. And so when Kanan reveals himself, I think that that makes a big difference, right? Right. Um, and uh, and more than that, though, man, Callus's uh, reaction is just <laughs> perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's just like pitch perfect. He at first is in total disbelief, and then he starts to give the order. And even in the middle of the order, he kind of catches himself, and he's just like, "Yeah, yeah." Concentrate fire on the Jedi, right? And it's it, it's it's a it's a scenario that 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 I think that they're um, that perhaps he has been trained for, but that I think the rest of the Jedi, the rest of the Empire, you know, those stormtroopers don't quite know what to do. They kind of look <laughs> at each other, right? Yeah. They're like, like "Whoa, what, do what we do? is going on? What is that blue shiny yeah. thing?" Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's been it's been a good twelve. 13 14 years since yeah since any yeah. jedi have really been seen right but 
I think we're going to discover as the series goes on that, that maybe that's not entirely the case. There might still be a few of them out there. Yeah. But, Ooh. yeah, uh, seeing a Jedi with a functional lightsaber, I think, is a... That's a, it's a it's a daunting that's thing. A big thing. Yeah, that's that's so. big news in the universe right there. That's that's some big news. Yeah, uh, Ezra takes off for Kitwar, but he's spotted by Callus, following the young Wookiee and a stormtrooper to a nearby bridge. Ezra makes a daring leap. He fires bolts from his energy slingshot, knocking the Imperial over the rail, and unlocks Kitwar's binders. Callus tracks Ezra to the bridge and is ready to deliver a point blank shot upon the young rebel. At the last moment, the ghost rises, Kanan standing on the exterior. Callus shoots at the Jedi, who deflects the shot back at the agent, knocking him off the bridge. Callus manages to hold on to a support beam, however, and survives. Are you Jedi? A master and an apprentice. Such a rare find these days. I don't know where you get your delusions, Buckethead. I work alone. Not this time. Jedi you've ever seen, sir? <laughs> I'd say, I'm like, I just had to throw that in there because, you know, I just asked about it. You know, was that the first time? I mean, what's going on here? And, of course, the stormtrooper asked him, and Callus kicks him off, and he falls to his death, I guess. But another <laughs> one of those funny funny scenes was just like, wow, that, you know, that was perfect timing, perfect comedy, you know, just at the right moment, and uh, I just loved it. I, I just had to include it in there. But, uh, even he asked Mike. He he thinks that's the first time. Uh, it's first time maybe a stormtrooper seen one, and maybe Callus too. And he didn't, wasn't really sure how to how to handle it. But uh, yeah. that's why he does what he does in just a few minutes here. Um, actually, I'll, I'll uh, finish it up here, Mike. Back on the Ghost, Wolf Oro and Kitwar are joyfully reunited. The elder Wookiee promises that if the Ghost crew ever needs help, the Wookiees will be there. The team returns Ezra to his home. And he returns the holocron to Kanan. The Jedi tells Ezra that he's strong with the Force, which is why he could open the mystical artifact. Kanan offers to train the boy in the ways of the Force. Taking a moment in his quarters, Kanan sinks into meditation and plays Obi-Wan's message. At its conclusion, Ezra appears, accepting the invitation to begin his Jedi training. Now, however, the Empire is fully aware of the ghost crew and the fact that a force wielder is in their ranks. Callus, once again on his Star Destroyer, reports to the uh, reports the Jedi to a mysterious figure, the Inquisitor. What's the force? The force is everywhere. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. And it's strong with you, Ezra. Otherwise, you'd never have been able to open the holocron. So, what do you want? To offer you a choice. You can keep the lightsaber you stole, let it become just another dusty souvenir, or you can give it back and come with us. Come with me and be trained in the ways of the Force. You can learn what it truly means to be a Jedi. I thought the Empire wiped out all the Jedi. Not all of us. This is Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to report that both our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen, with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. 
This message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. Do not return to the temple. That time has passed. And our future is uncertain. We will each be challenged. Our trust, our faith, our friendships. But we must persevere. And in time, a new hope will emerge. May the Force be with you. Always. Wow. I tell you, Mike, that was a fantastic way to end this particular movie. The words of Obi-Wan and his message to all the Jedi after episode three, the events of there. And then intercut with uh, the crew of the Ghost and, and their reflection on on what they've been through and what's going to happen now in the future now that uh, Kanan looks like he's going to take on a Jedi apprentice and this thing is going to get uh, you know they kind of realize that they're in this for the long haul and they're in this for a huge this, this greater fight to, to rid the uh, galaxy of the Empire so uh, and a f great speech with, with Kanan and him visiting Ezra and uh, Ezra finally realizing that um, this is something he wants to do. So a lot of the same parallels that we get from A New Hope, Mike. But, uh, man, mm -hmm. what, a, what a great way to end it. And uh, just, I'll tell you what, I, at first I was like, you know, it was, it was good. And I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, it didn't, like, blow me away. But then, like, the second and third time I watched it and, and, and hearing some of the stuff again and reading it, I'm like, wow, that, you know, they really did a great job with this. And, and, and they're setting this thing up, Mike, for not only just this season but they're setting up what i think is going to be the whole arc of this this series is and we've kind of talked about this the the growth of of ezra from where he is now to possibly being a really important jedi later on down the line so we'll see if that comes true but it seems to me they're setting up this whole this one episode set up everything the events of this whole series not just season so uh what do you think about the end here yeah, absolutely. I mean, that listening to to Kanan explain the Force. Yeah. I mean, you you can't help but but see the similarities between that and when Obi Wan right. talks to Luke about the Force for the first time. I mean, it, there's obvious callbacks there. Um, but even still, even being so reminiscent and and borrowing so much from that, it I don't know. Like I get chills talking about it. Right. Yeah. It's. Um, of a hard time. I uh, we we we've, we've got a question to ask of of our listeners, or that we asked of our listeners in the last episode, mm -hmm. and that's which character is your favorite so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know for the for a while I've been saying I can't really, I can't really pick one out. Uh, there isn't one that really stands out for me. But now, like just like you, you know, having watched it a couple times and listening through to the audio again here and and talking it out. I think it's Kanan at this point, which which mm -hmm. is surprising to me because of all of the characters that I wanted from this series, uh, a, a Jedi was not one. Yeah, of you weren't big right? on him in, in the beginning. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, um, that that I was kind of hoping that there'd be no lightsabers in this. That this would be, you know, a, a, a ragtag band of rebels and and not a lot to do with the Jedi, but. Having read a new dawn and uh, and and now, I uh, getting to know this character, he is, um, I don't know he he reminds me a little bit of a few 
great expanded universe characters that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a little bit of that Kyle Katarn mercenary in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, because Kyle Katarn for me, uh, as much as I enjoyed him in, in some of those video games and in some of the later, you know, New Jedi Order and uh, and comics and that sort of thing, he always lacked the Jedi core, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but one character that I love from the expanded universe who may be... He, he may be gone forever, you know, in, in, in continuing stories. I mean, we'll always have those those older stories. But um, uh, Koran Horn has always been one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I feel a lot of that character in this character. Hmm. Um, sort of the, the... There's a little bit of a reluctance to be a Jedi. Um, but at the same time, there's a... He's, he's not reluctant because he doesn't want the responsibility. He's reluctant because he doesn't feel like he can live up to the responsibility, mm-hmm. right? And there's that sort of that, that gruffness to it. And then there's also there's also that humanity to it. That, that you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character, obviously. But Obi-Wan, is, he transcends his own humanity. And he, he's the... Uh, He's the epitome of, of a Jedi of the old order, right? Of the uh, of the old Republic. He is, he's a Jedi Knight. Emphasis on the Knight, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the new Jedi Order had had a different kind of Jedi that that I think Kanan fits a little bit better into, mm-hmm. and that's why I think that we will see these characters continue past Rebels, mm-hmm. and and even past. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, I think that there's a really interesting element to it that we're setting up here that that the Rebellion was not one group. The Rebellion was a Rebel Alliance. And that there were these multiple Rebel cells Mm -hmm. that that were causing trouble for the Empire. And then when we hit hit a boiling point in A New Hope where they're beginning to organize and you know, I, I Leia gets the, the plans to the Death Star and then Luke blows it up and that's the moment I think we're gonna discover that was the rallying cry for all of these different rebel factions to come together and really become the Rebel Alliance. I think that, that the comics that are coming out uh in twenty fifteen uh under the Marvel brand I think those are really going to focus on it, and we're going to see a little bit of that. We're going to see Leia really bringing together mm-hmm. all of those different factions. I think that's one of the reasons why she's the focus of, of one of the comics. Um, <clears throat> and I think that what we're going to end up seeing eventually, maybe after a couple of seasons of Rebels, is these characters, Kanan and Ezra and whoever else survives through Rebels, because, you know, if it's anything like Clone Wars, don't get too attached. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see some of these characters carry through mm-hmm. into uh, past past the original trilogy and into the, the sequel trilogy Ooh, yeah, era. Um, and I think we might find out that Luke's, Luke's job as the new Grand Master of the Jedi Order, the new leader of the Jedi is not as difficult as we once thought it was you know it's he's not starting from scratch there are some jedi out there that have been waiting as as obi-wan says now's not the time our our time is over 
but a new hope will emerge. And that's an obvious reference to Luke. I mean, I don't think it takes a genius to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, but what Obi-Wan is saying to all of those Jedi that are now in hiding is wait. Because the Force, it, it, it's given us away. And, I, and that's, that's something that if you... If you um, if you've listened to the audiobook or read the uh, the the novelization for episode 3 Yoda begins to discover that and as we saw at the end of the clone wars that's Yoda figured that out that that they'd already lost the clone wars that that the empire had already won the sith had already defeated them um but the sith thought that they that it was a final conflict that they had finally defeated the jedi mm-hmm. but Yoda knew it's not over right that there's that there's another option and this what we're seeing here is the beginning of that other option this is that new hope right it's 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 mostly luke but i don't think it's just luke Mm -hmm. you know i think that luke is pivotal because it's about more than just restoring the jedi order it's about defeating the emperor it's about defeating vader and i think that obi-wan and yoda thought the only way to do that was the Skywalker legacy, right? They would be the only Jedi yeah. strong enough to do that, and that Luke would be that that savior for them. Um, and if not him, then Leia, obviously. Right. But I, but I do think that that it was that Obi Wan in particular was cognizant of this fact that when that new hope emerges, that you know that that I. They, that that new hope would require a little bit of assistance, mm-hmm. right? And that those remaining Jedi, uh, if there was any hope for the Jedi in the future, it's that the Jedi of the past would need to to hide mm-hmm. and wait and bide their time. So, so I I don't think it's it's a long shot to 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 think that that maybe some of the characters that we're going to see in Episode Seven could be. Uh, they could be Padawans, former Padawans of of Jedi from the Clone Wars era. You know uh, yeah. these characters who've who've kind of made it through. Um, I mean, man, would it not be crazy if Ezra is one of the characters in Episode Seven? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like what if one of the characters that we think, like, uh, I, I don't know, I, I'm thinking um, Oscar Isaac's would. Like he he almost he almost looks a little bit like Ezra, mm-hmm. right? Like his hair's a little bit curlier, but right. But I don't know. It's possible. Interesting. It's possible. Yeah. So who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Right. But uh, and you know, kind of got to do the math and figure out how old these characters would be. I mean, well, I guess not, because I guess Ezra is about the same age as Luke, right? Yeah. So. Ezra will be about the same age as Luke if he does show up. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Throw that throw that speculation out the window, but um, who knows? Maybe we'll see it. Maybe maybe we'll see some of these characters. Maybe <laughs> maybe we're gonna see Zebarelios. Maybe that's who uh, Andy Circus is playing. Hey, right? maybe, maybe we're gonna see some of these characters. Interesting, but yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Most likely not. Well, you were, you, know. you were talking about how you you know the characters that uh, Kanan kind of jumped at you after seeing this. Yeah. Same thing for me, uh, definitely, and his relationship with Ezra and how that's going to 
uh, continue to grow and him and as he teaches Ezra that's really and then of course uh, the Inquisitor I'm really interested to see um, how he fits into this whole thing too so because we don't know too much about him so a couple of the characters that I'm really looking forward to uh, did you want to try to hit some a uh, couple emails before we go oh we have crazy emails oh, we have so okay. many emails let's uh so let's you want to jump to that now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have two emails, and then we have three emails that are part of the contest. So let's do these two emails first, okay. and then we'll and then we will resolve the contest. Okay. And we will announce a winner. Okay. I uh, so <clears throat> our first one comes from Daniel Sharp. Uh, he says, "Hi guys, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I totally disagree with anyone who dislikes Rebels." Uh, and it gives the, it gives the view of the empire in the view of civilians, not just Luke and Leia. I found some pictures on the internet. The first is Barris Afi, and I thought this was very intriguing because Luminara was announced a few days ago. This is back from September twenty first, mm-hmm. so maybe they will end up finishing one another off. I also found a picture of Rex, which is a good link to the Clone Wars. The next is of Mara Jade and the Emperor, and finally Obi Wan and Ahsoka. There are others, too. Hope you enjoy these picks. And that's from Daniel Sharp in Northern Ireland. Now, Daniel, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news on this one. Because also, there's also a picture in here of, of uh, the, uh, the younglings from the Clone Wars. Uh, mm. from, from that, the, you know, the gathering arc. Um, the young Jedi arc from the Clone Wars. These are fan, these are fan pictures. Uh, as much as you know, Luminara was announced. Uh, we, we've seen, as, as we heard in uh, in our our segue there, from the uh, from the news into the recap, uh, we've got an episode coming up with the, with those characters, uh, with the character of Luminara and Dolly in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no word on whether or not we're going to see Barris, and uh, you know, I the the likelihood of seeing Rex is very low. Um, the likelihood of seeing Leia is a little bit higher, right. but if we were going to see Leia, I think that we would see her in the next episode. Uh, but we'll just to kind of skip ahead a little bit, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like the, these are these are fan edits. These are all sort of edits of Clone Wars images. But uh, and we've seen Obi Wan, and he does not look like he does in these images. But they are they're really cool. They're really great fan edits and some things that I think that we would love to see. Oh yeah. In the in in the series. Um I mean seeing Rex come back and finding out what happened there with Order 66 oh, with yeah. him. <laughs> I would love yeah. to find out. Yeah. yeah. And I think eventually we will learn that story, but but maybe not not quite right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But um our second email comes from Ben Kritzman. Uh and he says, hey, Mike and Matt, it's finally here yes, after waiting all this time. Mm. Okay, wait, let me stop there. Unlike some, I was never counting down the days slash minutes until the Rebels premiere. To be completely honest, I'd forgotten about it until after it had already aired. I was quite excited to have Star Wars back on TV, to be sure, along with a fresh batch of new and exciting characters. So I quickly found it online. It only took the iconic... TIE Fighter Screech within the first minute of the pilot for me to become hooked. (laughs) I really enjoyed Spark of Rebellion. I liked how they introduced each of our main characters and gave partial glimpses into each one's personality and relationships with other characters. 
Being a longtime Mandalorian fan, I'm most excited to learn about Sabine, uh, the resident explosives and graffiti expert. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking forward to hearing you two give your thoughts and impressions about the pilot and how this first season will unfold. And that's from Benjamin. And thank you, Ben, yeah, for sending in that. Um, you have now heard what we thought of the pilot and, and you know, a little bit of what we think is going to happen, what we hope for in the series. But uh, thank you for sending in that email. What, what do you think about that, Matt? No, it's good. I, I know Ben from, uh, I, I, I've heard that name before. I know he's probably written into us before in other podcasts that I listen yeah. to. So um, to everybody that's writing in, that's it's huge for us to get feedback and to uh, kind of discuss the show with you guys too. And it's like a whole community thing. So we'd love to have as much input as we can. We'd rather have too many emails and we can put stuff off, you know. <laughs> And yeah. to the next episodes. And, Absolutely. So thanks, Ben, for, for writing in. And uh, yeah, like you said, Mike, Mike said, you heard what we thought, man. We were I, at first. I was like, yeah, it was great, you know. And but after, like you said, listening to it again and, and reading it over and listening to the audio stuff, it's like, wow, it would. It, they really did a fantastic job. So loved it, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I let's finish off uh well we're not quite done yet because we do have like the uh we, we have a, a description for the next episode do we not yes we do yeah, yeah we do uh but before we get to that let's deal with this contest uh those who listened to the last episode will know that uh, that we asked you guys to send in emails and let us know who your favorite character is so far and the uh the winner is going to get a copy of the Star Wars Rebels visual guide. Nice. So uh, yes. we got we've got three emails, and uh, and uh, our first here is from Tommy, and he says so far my favorite is Zeb. I love his attitude when facing the stormtroopers in his short, and also the gruff Australian accent he has. Mm. So thank you for that. So so we've got one for Zeb. That's from Tommy. Uh, Joseph Tavano writes in and says, My favorite character is undoubtedly Kanan Jarrus. His story is so compelling. Where has he been? Where is he going? How pivotal does his character become? Central to this idea in my mind is Yoda's declaration to Luke, When gone am I, the last of the Jedi, will you be? Does Kanan factor into this at all? I'm chomping at the bit to know, and I will be watching his character with great interest. Uh, this is a little bit of a callback to episode one there. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Hope I win the giveaway. Well, you are one of three, so your odds are pretty good. Uh, so that one's from Joseph. And our last entry comes from Jason Hunt. <laughs> you guys might know Jason. He's yes. uh, He is the voice of our intro. And... Uh, Famously of the Wampus Slayer podcast, which you should jump over and check that out as soon as you are done listening to this. Jason writes, Okay, so I've got two characters I'm really looking forward to seeing in Rebels, Chopper and Hera. Since R2-D2 is my all-time favorite character in Star Wars, getting a wacky, grumpy version of him already put him at the top of my list. I'm really looking forward to what will happen when Chopper and R2 inevitably meet, now that's an odd couple story that I could watch for an entire episode. It also doesn't hurt that Chopper has my two favorite colors, orange and green. That color scheme tracks over to Hera as well, but what has me really excited about her is the fact that she's a gearhead with her own ship who has a view of the bigger picture in regards to taking down the Empire. Reading A New Dawn has got me really curious 
as to what her motivations for fighting the Empire are and where we're going with Hera's relationship with Kanan. Thanks for continuing to give us great content, and I can't wait to watch the premiere tonight. So this was, he wrote this before watching the premiere. Um, so that is, that is our third, and uh, you know we are we, we we are very interested to see where Hera is going as well. And uh, that last name, Hera Syndulla, ties back into a character from the Clone Wars, and yeah, uh, and right. a new dawn kind of points towards that being a factor. So. We'll have to wait and see just how tied to Cham Syndulla from the Clone Wars, from season one yeah. of the Clone Wars, wow. that character really is. Uh, but that's our three, our three characters, and uh, we have got. Uh, well, I'm going to assign them each a number. So uh, I, let's see. Uh, Tommy is number one. Joseph is number two, and Jason is number three. I'm going to put it into the random number generator. <laughs> This is this is all. I swear it's on the up and up. This is it's random.org uh, where I'm going to put in this rent. I put in uh, minimum number one, maximum number three. I'm hitting generate now. You probably hear the click of my mouse. And number one. So Tommy wins. There, now you know it's not rigged because if it was rigged, I would just give this to Jason. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I could save myself shipping and just give it to him at Star Wars Celebration in April. <laughs> but I. Uh, but no, it is a real contest. Tommy, you are the winner. Uh, I will Congrats, send you an email. Yes. But you can also uh, hear in this episode that that you win the copy of the Star Wars Rebels Visual Guide. Uh, and I'll, I'll get your, your address and all of your pertinent information, and I will get that into the mail as soon as possible for your enjoyment. Uh, thank you guys all for writing in, and uh, and hopefully we're going to get to do some, some more giveaways and that sort of thing in the future. Yeah, um, we'll Big will. thanks to DK Publishing uh, for sending us that copy of the book, uh, sending us an extra copy so that we could give one away. Uh, we really appreciate that. And, and you know... Not everybody can win, but uh, you can all be winners by heading out and picking up a copy of the book yourself, uh, and uh, and checking it out because it is so good. And you know, I'm not just saying that because they send us free stuff. I'm mostly saying that because they send us free stuff, but <laughs> I'm also saying it because it's a really good it's book. A good book. It's too. it's yeah. I uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the the author uh, it's uh, Adam Bray, I think, who's done a couple of he. I think he did a Clone Wars visual guide as well. Um, but yeah, he, he does a great job of, uh, uh of kind of, uh, running down all of the, the characters and the locations and a lot of things. There's even, there's even a little bit of, uh, there's a little hint, couple of hints at the future, including, uh, a little, little section on R2-D2 and C-3PO as well as Bail Organa. Hmm. And, uh, that leads us into... Our description for next week's episode. Yes, uh, next week it's called Droids in Distress. And uh, the Rebels intercept a shipment of weapons intended for the Empire and accidentally end up hosting a pair of droids. <clears throat> the odds of our mission becoming a complete debacle. Don't you shush me. It hardly matters to you what they're saying. Well, well thank you. There, you see R2? Here is an astromech who understands etiquette. <laughs> you could learn a lot from this old C-110P. Oh, Mike, I don't know. What do you think? We got a droids episode coming up already. What? 
man, we got Droids episodes in the Clone Wars. Is this, is this going to be bad? What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not too worried about yeah. this one because I uh, because we got some classic droids yeah. along with our new our new buddy Chop. Yeah. So I I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't wait to watch it. I uh, you know if you've got that Disney XD app. You can watch it right now. Yeah. You don't have to wait uh, for the 13th. I've already heard good to things. come along. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait. I've already heard so. good things about it, so I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to checking it out. But that is yeah. going to do it for this week, Mike. We did it. That is it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can check us out online at www.rebelspodcast.com. Uh, head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash rebels podcast and follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash rebels podcast or simply at rebels podcast and uh as always we love to hear what you guys have to say uh you know i i can talk for hours as matt knows but uh but we also we also want to know what your opinions are so send in your emails to rebels podcast at gmail.com and uh and we'll we'll read your emails on the air as Matt says it's always good to have lots of emails. Yeah. Um, so so please don't hesitate. Long emails, short emails, we really don't mind. Uh, just uh, just let us know what you thought of Spark of Rebellion and Droids in Distress. And uh, and until next time, we will we will see you guys later. See you guys next week. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by Rebel spies. Rebel base in range. You Rebel scum. Here's the payoff. <laughs>